morning, evening, and afternoon to all of our listeners. We want to take a second to thank you guys for joining us on today's episode. No matter how you're listening, we're grateful that you guys are here, and we want you to know that our podcast is on multiple platforms, and if you can give us a like, a follow, or a subscription, all of that helps get this podcast out to more and more folks, because that's what we want to do. And if you all like this content, please consider giving us some stars and write us a review as well. All that interaction helps us, as well as other listeners, concerning the content of this channel. Well, good morning, evening, and afternoon to all of our listeners. We hope you guys are having a great week. We're going to share some announcements going on with y'all, and then we're going to dive into today's content. That is correct. Uh, same as the last you know, couple of weeks, I'd say. Uh, but really exciting stuff. So the father-daughter dance. You're probably like, here we go again. Now, this is cool. Like, So we're up to um, such a neat opportunity. Um, we're up to, I believe it's like 40... Three or 44 dads or who knows, maybe the grandparents or uncles, father figures. Father figures. Um, so that's really cool. And 62 daughters. So, I mean, this is going to be fun. Um, if you have not done that yet, please get signed up. Um, it is... Today is the last day of January. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, so that means um, it's 10 days from today. 10 days. Yeah, so sweet. Um, uh, go ahead. What? I was just going to say that I know myself and my girls are going to go. We have not signed up for it yet. Oh, there was um, some, some more. Some more. Us, I know. So there's some more coming. Yeah. Um, which is cool. And I've, I've noticed that some of the A groups like are, have kind of signed up s- s- together. And um, and there, there are a bunch of names I don't even know. I'm like, yes. Sweet. So um, whether they go to other churches or they're just friends invited, I, I, I really think this is going to be a great time. And so um, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you were in it last year, you know how much fun it is, and they're trying to improve it again on this year. So um, bigger and better. Uh, even my daughter's like, Dad, are, th- are the pictures going to be there? Can we get like these pictures and stuff with our friends? I'm like, totally. She's like, yes. So um, I saw that there's teenage girls signed up, which is great. And I hope they have a ton of fun with even the younger girls who look up to them. Like, it's just going to be a great night. So, uh, again, you can do that through the app website and um, you can do it through the Facebook event um, that we have up on our Facebook page. So the other thing I want you to know, again, is our Avenue Pathway. And I I can't stress this enough. Um, And I think the other thing to people is like, well, you know, I've been through Journey on the Av or I, you know, I'm a Christian. I don't need to know these things. Like, no, you don't understand. This is what we expect moving forward. Um, and and one of the things we, we we want Christians to know who has been a part of Avenue for a while, or um, our leaders, or and things like that, is that classes aren't just designed for you. And I think one of the, things, the detriments that we're going to have to do in our culture as Christians is to stop thinking about me all the time. Like, it has to be about others. So like, uh, and I, I remember doing this as a youth pastor. I remember doing this as just a, a, a friend. Um, there'd be times I'd sign up for things just to go through it with them. And so like, we want Christians to think this way, especially leaders. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't need to go through starting point because you know everything about Avenue. But what if there's somebody in your life who's new, new to faith, sign up with them. You know, challenge them to sign up and sign up with them and code to the class together. Like that's... Well, that way you can run point for yeah. their questions too. Like if you do know yeah. all that stuff, they yeah. know somebody who who you can easily talk That's to. That's right. And so uh, I just it, we we got again. It's it's this ongoing trying to get better as followers of Jesus. We've got to get out of the 
me mentality and think about other mentality. And we're trying to set up these new courses and our small group ministries in ways that will encourage current Christians to go through it with others. That's that's the goal. So um, now again, I, I would highly recommend everybody listening to this. You should be going to at least, if you're part of Avenue, week two, week three, and week four, because they're all different. Um, ev- there's going to be so much new information in those classes that you wouldn't have gotten Journey on the Ab that I, we haven't really taught on a Sunday morning as much that we are teaching in these courses and classes. And so, uh, um, so I highly recommend you sign up. They're, they're broken down to first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday, fourth Sunday, every month. So if you can't do it this month, sign up for them next month. If you can't do it next month, sign up for them the following month. So mm-hmm. things like that. This is the way that we're trying to help. Oh, <laughs> my Star Wars mind got in the, you know, this is the way. Yeah. So um, uh, anyways... Oh no, we're bringing up Star Wars again. Got a Mandalorian, man. So, um, uh, this is the way, people. We want to make sure <laughs> that you sign up for these courses and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, we can again. You do all that through the app, and um, and again, this is a great way. If you invite somebody, hey, go through the courses with them, sign up for classes with them. So, that is everything that I can think of currently that we have going on, and then we have some other things coming up this spring, but. You know, Easter is almost here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think about. It's like eight weeks away. Eight weeks away. Something like that. Yeah, I counted yeah, it once. That's right. But... And but even then, we have to, we're prepping for things that are six weeks away, and so mm-hmm. it's weird that Easter is in March. Yeah. Now next year it's like April twentieth. It's super oh, late. Oh gosh, yeah. it's really weird to think we're only forty five weeks away from next Christmas. Okay, dude. <laughs> okay, dude. You need to chill. I'm just saying. I want to enjoy the warmth Only first. 45 <laughs> weeks away from Christmas. He's that guy. Uh, Is your Christmas tree still up, Nick? No, I actually, I took it down last week. Oh. Z and I just took ours last down like week? three days ago. Three? What? Yeah, Z is... Dude, if she had her way, it'd be up all year. Jeez. Would you guys decorate it with every season? You know what? She I had a friend to. who did, does that. She they wants would to. decorate it for every season. I Man. told her I told her we compromised. She can get a little tree... Down in the basement and decorate it for the season. What do you do in March? You put little orange men Who like all over the trees? <laughs> I don't know what she does, dude. Construction, yeah, construction workers all over the place. Oh Cones. my goodness! Yeah, I don't know. Good grief! Woo! She doesn't listen to this. So. Oh, she doesn't. I won't tell her anything then. Yeah. Sometimes I tell her to listen and just listen if she hears anything. But <laughs> my daughter still listens to the one podcast that Liz was on every single night. So are you serious? We need to check the views on that one. Is that when she like is just like? <laughs> Uh, she's man. I want to be really boring. I don't know. I don't know. But she <laughs> That's just loves that one sweet. for some reason. Is that a compliment though? I want to go to sleep, so I'm going to listen be. to this. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So interesting. Anyways, I'm just excited that the sun's coming out here in like a day. I think we have one more cloudy day. You ready to wear your dad sunglasses? Oh my goodness, man! Aviators? <laughs> no, he wears the. <laughs> He's like he yellow. Wears the, he wears the little like uh, that the, was like. There, you just know. Oh, you, you mean the, the, the ones guys. that you gave me? Yeah. That you found? <laughs> the uh, are they Oakley ones? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The ones like uh, like the dude on Star Trek that's just got that visor across oh, the Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. It kind of is, but they're, they're like, like the, the sport ones. like the smaller ones. They're like what the military used to wear. <laughs> like, re- like, like 1990s military. <laughs> that's like the dad gogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the hey dude boots. Yeah. <sighs> Man, those are pimping. We got him to a T. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. Those are pimping. Are we getting into this, man? Yeah. All right. So let's dig into it. Uh, so this was a fun one. Uh, it's, it's my favorite topic to talk about, this, which is the thermostat thermometer. Um, have you ever heard anything like that? Like looking at leadership that way or 
Um, Actually, from you, I remember another. I remember another message from you years ago, probably. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was not the same, of course, but it was very similar, and that analogy popped up. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I don't even remember that at all. <laughs> it tells you how. It just shows you how I was listening. Yeah, it also shows I'm just getting old and <laughs> forgetting all that stuff. Um, yeah, was, was there? 40. So, was there anything that was like? Did you think through anything about? Um, just curious with, uh, I don't know, anything about your faith or anything about culture, maybe ministry, uh, family life, anything where you could like, man, I, do we reflect this? Am, mm-hmm. I, am I setting temperature this way? Whatever. Yeah. I think the thing that stood out to me was you said that, well, you were talking about how much easier it is to be a thermometer oh, than so it is easier. to be the yeah. thermostat, yep. you know, the one that actually sets the culture, that sets... You know, the lifestyle sets the example. Mm-hmm. And when, when I got to thinking about that, it's like, number one, I, I do agree. Um, but number two, it's like, I'm trying to figure out what, what aspects in my life am I still being a thermometer? Yeah. You know, I think there's some things that I'm doing that I might be going the thermostat way, you know, but not everything yet. And so I'm trying to evaluate what am I still lacking in? And if I am still lacking in that area... What are my next steps from then on? I I think it's the pressure. <clears throat> like Nick, I agree. I agree. I think I was actually just talking with Z about this last night. So, had a couple friends of mine um, that are that are far from God invite uh, us to Top Golf this Saturday. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah, free from uh, for Finley it. area. Uh, n- well, yes. Originally, they live in. Um... Oh, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. They live about. An hour or so away from Finley now. I cannot remember. Oh where. wow! But they're they're going. To, we're going to Top Golf in Westchester, so that's like two and a half hour drive for us. But it's an hour drive for them. So the they Cincinnati. Live, yeah, they live yeah okay. towards that area. Anyways, um, but the reason I'm saying that not not as a flex, but the reason I'm saying that <laughs> is because the conversation got brought up with her is that I feel attention, and and I don't know if it's because I'm I don't know really why, but there's a tension of um, like trying to almost fit in so that I don't look like that guy, but also looking. Can you explain that? Be that guy. Okay. Like, so, are you talking about like friends? Currently? Yeah, like like with the friends that are coming. And okay. so I, what I mean by like like non Christian friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's always an interesting tension because I have no issue being very outright that I'm that I'm a Christian yeah. that I, that I that say, is yeah. of great value of me. Yep, that's true. Um, but I have a weird tension where I almost don't want to seem like almost unapproachable or like just like, I don't know, I guess like out there. Does that make sense? Like almost like so about my faith that I seem almost just like uh, non-human mm-hmm. or like not regular, totally. I guess. Yep. Especially tack on the fact that now I have a, a different title and so that makes everything else just like <laughs> way different and they're like, oh, dude, dude. Yeah. And, and so it's just like, I don't yeah. know. I was having that conversation with her last night and she basically was like, I don't think you should care. And I was like, hey, you're probably right, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I think that that's relevant because yeah. I think that there's this weird balance that we sometimes want to almost fit in. Oh, I'll tell you what. There's like growing up, I don't know if you guys had this feeling, like there's these, there's always been people in my life. I don't know why we do this, but it's just <laughs> like a, it's silly just saying it. But like there are people, and they're not even Christians. And it's like, but if I get around them, you know, and – 
maybe because because you know naturally i think our minds always think that we're an age that we're not like i still think i mean like i could just graduate high school yesterday yeah. you know so i still you still have this mentality so if i were to show up around them mm-hmm. i feel like i want to be accepted by them mm-hmm. and i don't understand why that is because they're not christians it, it, and it, i don't want to hang out with them you know but <laughs> but you do but you still dude i get the same way i, go, I show up to students games and stuff Dude, yeah. I want I want the high scores to think I'm cool. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I totally, I seriously do. I like, remember I, that for I years. I want them, and I'm like, man, I hope like, they accept me because if not, this is really awkward. I won't be here. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm literally like, I think about my outfits the most when I go to those things. Like, yes. what the heck, dude? Yes. I think there's definitely a phenomenon where you, if you haven't seen someone in a long time, and you personally have changed and shown a lot of growth during that time frame that you guys haven't seen each other. When you go back to that person, it's almost like no time has elapsed in some weird way. It kind of feels that way. And so because you feel like no time has elapsed, you go back into the old ways of how the relationship was back then. I think it's it's across the board. I think it happens to everybody. That's crazy to me. That's probably pretty true, to be honest. And it's so like it is naturally. I I know. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) That's that's why it's easy to be a thermometer. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is though, because you want to you. There's some part of you, and there, like that's the thing. There's even some part of me. I mean, I'm extremely outspoken. I, I don't think anyone is confused about that. <laughs> no, I'm extremely no, no outspoken. No one's confused about that. But the idea is that my friends know that too. Now, I used to be way more judgmentally outspoken. I think now I think I'm just firm like in what I believe and that it's important to me. I don't think that I'm like a super judgmental mm, person. A judgmental person would say that. Well, probably true, actually. <laughs> yeah, you might have to ask see. No, but, I think you're very um, assertive. Yeah, I think you're very. I think you're very um, sure of a lot of the things that you comment on. You, you, you know, that's yeah. true. I do try to be pretty. If I'm going to speak, I usually try to be. Mm-hmm. Usually I think, try. To I be think pretty. there's wisdom there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, like with that being said, there are still moments. There are still moments where I where I almost want to cower, and be like, oh, you know what? I, like like something a a a pretty strongly felt conviction about public drinking that is personal to me. There are times where I want to shrink down and just be like, you know what? Eh, who cares? Yep. You know? Like, yep. I'll just fit in with the squad. Yep. You know, now I'm not getting drunk, obviously. I'll have, like, one drink or something. Yeah. But then, like, Z will look at me, and she's like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't want to look like that guy that's just too holy yep. or something. And she's like, I think I don't think you should be doing that. And it's just like it's, but those are instances where I still like I'm. I'll be totally honest. Like I have done that, and it stinks because I just want to like not be. It's like okay, boomer. It's almost like that mentality. Yeah. It's almost like okay, Bible thumper. Yeah, you're you know? a sinner. It just feels like that. Well, I am, but I don't <laughs> think because of that. But I don't know. So I don't know. That's just me being. I'm being really honest. But I mean, it's hard. Sometimes. I think the first step is being aware of it. You know admittance and acceptance of your faults and things like that. Not mm-hmm. calling you out. I'm saying yeah. that we no, all have in general. Them. Yeah. You know, and then I think it is important to evaluate ourselves, even even if maybe we're just overthinking it and we're not actually being a thermometer, but still evaluate yourself and ask yourself if you are, you know, or yeah. have someone like a spouse, like you were saying, yeah. call you out. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's, I think it's very real. I mean, I, I was someone who grew up with a lot of non-Christian friends. Like, a lot. Um, I mean, I had a lot of Christian friends, too, but I had a lot of non-Christian friends growing up. So, I mean, I understand. I mean, I, I remember the jokes of, like, being all, all kinds of jokes. I definitely think, I that there, too. I think that there were moments for sure that I think I was a thermostat. Um, 
But I think that there were a lot of moments where I was a thermometer too. I'd go along with things or think things were funny or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And it was like, man, actually, yep. that really wasn't funny. Yep. But I'm with you on that. It just depends. On, it, it depended on what it is, you know? And I think I'm still growing that area. I think it's way better. But I think it just would, depended. If you could talk about your faith as a whole, what would you characterize it as the most? Thermostat or thermometer as a whole? Hmm. You know, like when you're with family members, when you're with non-Christians, mm-hmm. when you're with Christians, you know, when you're around uh, school, you know, people, are not uh, like uh, teachers, you mm-hmm. know, your kids' teachers, when you're around their coaches, when mm-hmm. you're around friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Out the grocery store. I yeah. think that... I th- I, I'm confident to say that I definitely look different. You know, I've always looked different. It's just kind of it. But... Just looking different, I don't think, is enough because what I lack in for sure is, you know, setting that bar to help others get to that bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm not being vocal about why I'm different. People just might think I'm weird. You know? <laughs> that, they're like, oh, that's sure. kind of yep. interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would say, to be honest, if I was really evaluating it, I think that I am probably really, really thermostat around people I know. Mm. No matter if they're Christian or not, I think I am I am a hot thermostat. Yeah. When I am around people, a large group of people that I do not know, I think I am way more of a thermometer. Well, can you explain though? What does that look like? Yeah. Um because I think I think that I'm very comfortable setting a very clear tone around people that I know mm-hmm. and uh, and they know that about me. And so I think I'm way more comfortable with that because it's almost like you just know what to expect. And I think that with a large group of people that I don't know, I almost feel like I'm going to get almost like high counsel scolded. Mm -hmm. It almost feels that way. And I know that that's not even probably true. And even if it was like, I guess so be it. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's how I feel. I feel now I don't, I would never denounce Jesus with my lips, Yeah, but I think sometimes my actions I may not be looking like I'm outright for Jesus. Like I, I think yeah. I'm just neutral, which I think, in my opinion, that would be that would be a, a thermometer. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm a little <clears throat> neutral, you know. And now someone's talking smack about Jesus, or or like someone's like all I don't know, like ultra blasphemous or something. I'll speak up for sure. But mm-hmm. as far as probably going in the temperature of of setting it. Yeah, probably not nearly as much in those yeah, I, crowds. It's funny to me. I sit here and think, I wonder, I, I I can naturally move into a thermometer when I'm around strong Christians. Because um, it's like, do I really have much to contribute? Do I want to be a part of the the leadership perspective? You know, Do I have to prove that I'm also a leader? Things like that. And nat- naturally, I'll just like, yeah, it's not worth it. And I'll just, I'll become a thermometer. Now again, I'm reflecting Christian culture, perhaps, but but I do move into a thermometer that way. Um, I I would say Liz and I do a good job of being thermostat thermometer in our family. Like sometimes she'll take charge, and sometimes I'll take charge, and and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. But I would say we do that fairly often. Uh, when it comes to our family, um, here, yeah, nine times out of ten, I'll probably be a therm- thermostat. 
Um, but if I go into the community, um, I'm not afraid definitely to show, share my faith and to, uh, uh, let me phrase that, to live out my faith, but I typically will hide behind Liz because she's an extrovert. So, um, and I will tend to lean on that whatever she does, I'll follow. And, uh, and then if I get comfortable, if I'm comfortable in the situation, then I kind of step up too. But it, it, it's fascinating to sit here and be honest with myself and watch that. Now, I definitely will not, like if I were to, if I were to quote unquote be in a bar or, you know, be in a, a public setting where there is like, you know, loud music or alcohol or any, anything like that, you know, like big crowds, um, I will not follow the crowd. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but... I mean, I'm kind of glad I don't, mm-hmm. but I don't know why I don't, you know, I just, um, I've always kind of wanted to, you know, I don't have to do things. Like, I don't have to fit in. Like my, there's not something in me that has to desire to fit in, but, um, well, we can tell with how you dress, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is probably true. <laughs> Wearing that Purdue hoodie. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, shoot. I, um, yeah, I don't know. And sometimes I wonder if it's arrogance or sometimes if it's pride. Um, well, I, I was going to say there's there's other elements to that too because you guys both hinted at this without actually saying it. Being a thermostat in a smaller environment is going to be way easier yeah. than being a thermostat in a large environment. Yeah. You know, if you think about a room full of six people, even if they're strangers, it's easy to be the thermostat. Yeah. You think about a stadium with 6,000 people. Yeah. All of a sudden, not only is it harder for you to stand out to be the thermometer and to be noticed as the, or I'm the, the thermostat, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but it also is like your actions, now you're competing with 5,999 other people, you know, who are yeah, you could get, trying you to you be thermostats themselves. On. Yeah. You know, I mean, what happens if you have two polarized thermostats in the same room? There's oh, going to sure. be conflict. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I think that's why the church is doing what it's doing too. Because if you look at the percentage of our population of Christians, why are not more Christians thermostats? Well, if we, if we go by the logic that you're just explaining, we're the minority. Mm-hmm. Bible-believing followers of Jesus are a huge minority mm-hmm. in our world. Mm-hmm. So why, are we, why do we struggle? Well, because we are outnumbered at almost all cost. Yeah, we are. Uh, almost everywhere. I mean, it, genuinely. So I think, I really do, I think that that's probably a huge reason sometimes. We don't want to always be bold or sometimes I think we get tired of it, almost the scrutiny where it's like, man, I just want to fit in. I almost want to just chameleon. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the culture that we've kind of created in the church too. A lot of people just fit in. Yeah. Like, so like to step up and above and beyond and like lead groups or start or, serving in any capacity. Or not be or, okay with things that we've became okay with. Oh, sure. That's another thing. Like yeah. churches. Allow sin. Yeah. Like start to, to allow things to just be rampant and yeah. almost not even care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's people who have a huge beef when you want to correct it or bring it up. Yeah. And that's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't always want to be the one. They're like, okay, dude, you're that guy. Yeah. You always, you, sometimes you kind of feel like that and you're just like, I just. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Or they start arguing that some of the things that you 
you believe were black and white are kind of gray. And then they're like, oh, well, that's not really in scripture. Yeah, and you're like, oh, chapter and verse. Let me hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to love that, dude. Oh, man, I hit somebody with that the other day. They just said, oh, that's not in scripture. I said, oh, oh just because you haven't read it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. Let me show you. You break out the KJV for Mark 1471. Bop. On your head. Yeah. Abe's family. KJV. <laughs> no. <laughs> they go to a KJV only church. They themselves are not KJV. I know, only. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's, I want to move into this because this is kind of a question. Uh, I mean, this is a question I propose, not not necessarily exactly how I propose it, but like based off of this idea of thermostat thermometer. Okay. So, which gets us, it's going to get us to the next one. Uh, but it's the question is why does Jesus need to be both Savior and Lord of our life? And do you have an example? Uh, do you have examples that this is true for you? And so let me also preface like that we also live in a culture um, and, and that avenue and everywhere, crossroads and uh, this Lutheran church and Storyside and you, you name the church, First Assembly, whatever it is, um, that we've been so focused on Jesus as Savior, but I think the whole Jesus as Lord is kind of, foreign to most Christians, which mm-hmm. shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but it is. Um, so, so which gets me to the question again, why does Jesus need to be both Savior and Lord of our life? Maybe we should say, ask, talk about that real quick, too. Do you have an example that this is true for you? Yes, I do. And uh, short story, short, okay. short story, okay. Um, so just recently, actually yesterday, I took my first worship leader class, okay, courtesy of... Jason McDonald and yeah. Nate Holtz. <laughs> I'm excited for this. I'm, Dude, I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm more excited about this than anything else that I'm learning about currently, and you yeah. know what I mean. Totally am with you, okay. and I would agree. <laughs> 100%. It's been, it's just just with the one session, and I met with my mentor, and I met with my other classmate, and dude, we are already on a roll, and the one scripture that we had to talk about and write about and really spend time on was Romans 12. Okay. The same scripture that was in your message yeah. that you shared with us this past week. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's just some assurance Gosh, right there. I love Romans twelve. Too. I don't know. Um, and so that scripture is it cool if I read it? No, you can't read scripture <laughs> on this podcast. Come on, and dude. also, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that He has done for you. Yep. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. Yeah. Okay. And you can continue reading if you want to read the rest of it. Yeah. And so when we think about God as our Savior and also our Lord, right? Mm hmm. When you think of God as just being your Savior, then you're like, oh, thank you for rescuing me. You did this for me, so now I'm going to praise you. Now I'm going to worship you. And they paralleled all of this stuff to our worship, letting our worship be acceptable, okay? Mm-hmm. And you have to let go of everything inside of you, and worship doesn't mean song. I mean, these are all great things, right? But mm-hmm. that's not what worship is. Worship is just being completely humbled and in submission to the Father, and it is your reaction to what, not just what he's done for you, but also because of who he is. Correct. Because if you're only worshiping because of what he's done for you, all of a sudden, all of a sudden that's a transactional faith. Yep. That would be if Jesus was just Savior. Yep. But because Jesus is also Lord... Now it's not a transaction. Now, whether the good things are happening to you or not, you might be going through a season that's really, really dark. You might be going through a lot of pain. You might be going through death. Yeah. And that is when you worship him because he is your Lord mm-hmm. and it's obedience. That's really straight good. Straight up. Man. And so there you go. That's man. good. Beat that, Abe. <laughs> 
Well, I'm not going through a course currently about uh, Romans 12. Uh, that's good. So, but um, again, why, why is he, why is he yeah. going to be both Savior and Lord? Well, and I think I think really truly... For you um, as well. It's probably, the, it's probably the example that we see in church culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we see what churches are like when he's just Savior. Yeah. We see what churches are like when he's just Lord. And I think we could all agree that neither of them are good. Yep. And I think that the point of Savior and Lord, and it's hand in hand, I think the importance of that, what it shows us, what it tells us is um, that if Jesus is just Lord, then we don't see him for who he truly is mm-hmm. because we see him as uh, a deity almost. Uh, I think I think if you just have Jesus as Lord, you see him as far off, not personal, not close, but just something sure. out there, right? Yeah. Like something... Deserving like this, of like who we this are, being. yeah, like a like a just like a being who is like, yep, I, he is worthy of my praise. That yep. is all. That is he is deserving, mm-hmm. which he is. Um, but I think if we see him as savior, I think that we only see him as bro or buddy. Yeah, and I think that what that creates is if there's a tension of both, we see him as personal and as all powerful. Mm-hmm. But if we just see him as one or the other. I think that not only is it a detriment because we're just missing who God really truly is as a both, as as both friend and as both Lord, but I think I think that truly you have to have both because you're missing a huge portion of who God really is. I really think that I mean that from a from a big picture, I think that that's why it's important. From a from a literal why is it is it important is because of how you live your life. It's if He's just Savior, then. Hopefully that would fuel you to make him Lord as well, because if he can save you from your sin, then he should be able to tell you how it is that you are to operate. Well, and that's that again. That's the significance. Like so, Jesus is Savior, cross, resurrection, right? Savior. The authority comes um, after the resurrection, and because now he put now. Not only did he die for my sins and rise again, but that stamp through the resurrection is to say, you remember everything I taught you, everything everything I'd done for you. Um, I am in charge now. Like like I proved it. Like my authority. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, my authority is final. <laughs> yeah. Like I like everything I said was. I, I did, I accomplished. Everything the prophet said about me, I did. So now now what? Like I'm, I'm in charge of all things. Like mm-hmm. the enemy, as much as he's prowling around like a lion, and I'm still mm-hmm. in control of him. He's, he's afraid of me. God didn't need to prove his sovereignty, yeah. but the evidence shows that yeah, he has yeah, yeah. proven it. You know, that's actually a huge argument a lot of people say is, why didn't Jesus say, I am God, worship me? Yeah. And the argument is... If you are truly God, you do not have to demand nope, worship. You don't demand mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, he did talk about, he did refer to himself yeah, for sure. as son of man. He did refer to himself, and that's both in like Daniel. But and, he was using language that the people he was talking to would know yeah. what he was saying. Yes. That's why he didn't come out and say, I am God, yeah. worship me. Well, <laughs> and, and all the I am statements. Yeah, or I think my favorite one is when he says, "If you have seen me, truly, truly, yeah, I say to you, Father. you have seen the Father." Yep, mm-hmm. and that right there is like, well, you you 
you he how you want to know what the father's like how could, here how i am he not be god if you've seen the father in heaven but he's not him but he's yeah you know it's like well, yeah and so on. i think that's where the disconnect for so many christians are is that well i believe in jesus's resurrection okay great i'm glad you do but when are you going to trust him now as lord like i mean when are you going to allow him to be in control of your life like seriously I think uh, if you truly see, I think that I think the Savior leads to Jesus being Lord. It does. I think that genuine belief you have to start in there. Jesus as Savior leads him to lordship. Yeah. Because but if, I do, if not, I think... Uh, but I also agree that we have to make sure that we tell people this. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think that's the, down, that's the downfall of the evangelical church. And I love it. I love the evangelical church. I think it gets a lot of bad rep in our culture because we stand for Scripture and people... <laughs> hate that we stand for scripture you stand for that old book yeah yeah yeah. i can't believe you haven't changed it's it puts people down it doesn't put people down it's just your feelings got hurt you know so um but but when it comes to understanding everything about christ like that's why he says you know like a builder will look at the blueprints before he starts building and i think that's where we've done a disservice to getting people to jesus like we're so focused on getting them to jesus we say hey oh but remember when you start following jesus Everything about who you are no longer exists. You become about you become a son and child of God or daughter, a child of God. Like you are you are his family now. And his family, there's a there's expectations of how we are to live. Uh, not because he's forcing us, but because this way of living is actually better. But in order to live this way, you're gonna have to deny what the world tells you to live, how to live by, you're gonna have to trust me. Mm-hmm. Because my way of living requires faith. My, my way of living requires community. My way of living requires sacrifice. You know, like, but we're talking eternity here. We're not just talking about your little life that you have on earth. You have to understand that your life is eternal. It's not here for a moment. That's it. So, mm-hmm. which gets me to the next thing. So, part of the quote on... Uh, Sunday was from Mike McKinley, and he said, I- "I'm just, I'm just curious what you guys think about this. It is possible to be a fake disciple of Christ. It is possible to call him Lord, Lord with your mouth, with, uh, without ever really meaning it. So, do you agree with him? And how can I know if I'm a real or fake disciple? I'm gonna let Abe go first. <laughs> I went first all the other times. Yeah, you did. You did. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay." Well, we should let Nate go first. Ah, <laughs> you don't no. have an answer yet? Because no, I, I, I got I mean, one. Is it, is it possible to be a fake disciple? I say yes with the with the premise that 100% you can, you can fake following Jesus. Mm-hmm. We know that because Judas did. You 100% can be a fake disciple. You can yeah. look the part. You can act the part. You can eat with the squad. But in the end, you aren't. And we know that. But I will also say that if you're following Jesus, don't be worried if you are or aren't. Because Mm -hmm. the importance that we need to know is that if you genuinely do believe in who Jesus is, because I I say that because I have struggled with this. Mm -hmm. If you genuinely do believe who Jesus is and what he did in faith through his grace— you are 100% a follower of Jesus. That is, it's, it's okay, you're stamped, and it's good. But I will also say that if you genuinely want to say, yes, I do believe in that, then your life, it is going to care what Jesus has to say. 
mm-hmm. and it is going to look like that. Now you might not be perfect at it, but by golly, it's it's gonna you're gonna by see golly. it. By golly, you're by gonna golly. see it. And so I think that that I think that what you would say is here's how here's how you know. Yeah, you believe, and you and you give yourself a year and you look back. What is a year? What were you like the year prior? Sure. You even ask some friends. Yeah. You just look back and say, hey, you know. You just I, say, by golly. By golly. Do I look any different than I did a year ago? <laughs> yeah. By golly. Jim, yeah. Jimmy, did I look any different than I did a year ago? This is how you talk when you become a Christian. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by you golly. Actually, uh, no, it's different tongues. It's That's what happens tongues. with all the trucker hats. <laughs> <laughs> all the trucker hats and podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's not like I'm wearing one right now or anything. But that would be my answer. My answer would be, uh, you definitely can. I think a scripture 100% supports that. But also, don't get in the trap of being scared because yeah. I did that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's a hard place to be because when you, you f- almost feel like an imposter, yep. but Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Like it's not an earning. You're not earning whether or not you're actually a disciple. Yeah. Jesus is saying, if you are my disciple, then you will be these things. Yep. We'll work with that together. Yep. And if you're doing that, man, you're good. Mm. You're good to, I just, that'd be my, my So word. your answer is yes. My answer is yes. Okay. Yeah. Be a figure. Okay. Yeah. My answer is no. Okay. Uh, for a reason that you guys might think is cheesy, but if you are a fake disciple, then I'm going to say you're not a disciple. So it's juxtaposition. You can't be a fake disciple. Sure. But it's being I, technical. Um, I'm yeah, just this saying, is I'm just saying that I don't like the way that that statement's worded by, McKin- by McKinley. McKinley. Um, I know what he's trying to say. Yeah. Like you can pretend to follow Jesus and you can be the whitewashed tomb and you can be the Pharisee and the hypocrite. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But in this scenario, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the grammatically cheesy answer. I'm gonna say you can't be a fake disciple because then you wouldn't be a disciple. Yeah, I get you. I um I, uh I remember because I used to I would say things like there are gonna be Christians who will not make it. Um and by that, I know what I'm meaning. I'm meaning people who think they're Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to make it. Um, so I remember Jason though was saying, he's like, "Dude, there are no Christians in hell." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> technicality." Is this McDonald? Are yeah, there yeah, yeah. sinners in heaven, or are there people who have sinned and repented in heaven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what he, it's yeah, the yeah, same yeah. thing. <laughs> so like, but he was, he's not wrong. But but there are there's a lot of people who believe that they're Christians. That's why the whole Lord Lord Jesus would say, "Many of you are going to say Lord Lord," and I want to say, "I never knew you." So um, so yeah, I mean, are they fake disciples? Well, yes, but no. Because there are no fake disciples. Yeah, right? You're not. You're <laughs> like you can't be a fake legitimate disciple. Like that's yeah, yeah, not. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah, but yeah. as far as outwardly, what is what so, does it look I mean, like? But are there? Are, I mean, how can you tell if you're posing though? Mm. You know, if you're a poser, how do you tell? Mm, I think you got to look at the fruit, right? Yeah. I mean, where the Holy Spirit is, there is the fruit of the Spirit. If there's no fruit in your life, then you're not attached to the vine. If you're not attached to the vine, then you, you don't have Christ. Yeah. Nick, I think I've already I've already brought this up, but man, something that has stuck with me uh, in my my I don't even know leadership focus ordination schooling process uh, from a coach is Reverend Clifton McDowell. Mm-hmm. You know what? I was really judgmental of him at first, but honestly, he's a G. He's awesome. He's a G. He's a G. Which means gangster. Oh, okay. Uh, I, was say, I don't even know what that means. I was say, <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. Means good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could. I'm not it cool could. And great, so, uh, it could mean that, yeah. yeah. But anyways, he says, 
He says you can you can okay. No, that's not the right G. Uh, he said you can fake you can fake the spiritual gifts, but you can't fake the spiritual fruit. Hmm. And that was like, oh my goodness, that is that is good. Yeah. Because because now I think that to an extent you could probably fake the fruit, mm-hmm. but like if it's actually growing. And it's like it's it's coming from a from well soiled ground. Mm-hmm. I think that that fruit is just gonna it's just gonna be, you know. It's not gonna be like a. Um, I I don't think that you're gonna be like okay man I, okay I, I got to do this I got to be this. I think that it almost it, it just starts to it just starts to well up. It just starts to happen. Now I think you have to be aware and and be intentional obviously. And we're still asking and seeking. God to do those things and give us wisdom and, and be able to do the things that He is gifting, but I think that how do you how do you know or how do you how do you decide? I really I really do think that there's things that only God can give. Yeah, and and I think that that's how you how you decide because He just like Paul in First Corinthians, He actually I love it. I'm I'm reading it right now, but it, He He says that. Um, we know this that you are that you are with Jesus because God gave you the eloquent words to use. So He's saying before that you were one way, and and now that Jesus is who who He is in your life, you now are like this. And so He's able to reflect on that and just say, "But we know this because we see these things." Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's that's pretty pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be yeah. So how why would um why is having a set of values important then to be to be a thermostat? You know, you're living out your faith. Um, why are a set of values and uh, do you guys have values? Have you ever written values for yourself personally or your family? You know, because we have five values as a church. Mm-hmm. So why why isn't having a set of values important for us as people of faith, especially for to be thermostats, not thermometers? I would say having values is something that is tangibly accountable, right? So like you can, if if you have a set of values that you've determined at one time, and if you share that with somebody else, then you can go back, you look back a few months and be like, hey, did we really pay attention to this value when yeah. we made that decision? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you can go back and you can almost, maybe you could monitor your own spiritual growth a little bit. Maybe you could... Um, you know, hold somebody else accountable that's sharing those same values. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of retroactive things for the embetterment of yourself that you could do by having values. Sure. Hmm. You know, I guess let's say, um, like I have a, I'll, you know, I'm going to be, a ner- I'm going to nerd out. Because I, I, I mean, I. What's new? Right. <laughs> I, so I do. I have these. Um, so I, here's, here's my vision statement, right? I am committed to showing the love of Jesus Christ to my wife, my children, and especially as, and especially as many people that I that I will meet during the lifetime I am given. So that's my vision statement. That's that's what I'm about. So my core values are number one, a heart for the Lord, Proverbs four twenty three. Uh, number two, a healthy marriage, Ephesians five. Uh, number three, and I have verses, but I'm not going to bore you with that. Uh, number three, a man of integrity, Philippians 4. 
Number four, a positive attitude. Um, that's Matthew 22. Number five, excellence in profession. So that's where I get you guys are like, uh, excellence. But that's that's part of my core values. That's what I wanted to lead with. Number six, a passion for the church. And that's Ephesians 4. Number seven, maintain healthy body. Right? So that's one of the core values that I have moved to the top because it's a core value that I've uh, failed in at times. Uh, number eight, cultivate enthusiasm and the gift of encouragement. Number five, or I'm sorry, number nine, uh, a desire to care for the next generation. And then number 10, a team builder. And then number 11, I have be not stagnant water, right? And then I have a number of things to say is I'm committed to this and I list them underneath don't stag- to be a stagnant water. Would you view that as a um, similar or different thing? Okay, this is, I'm saying this because I've done this, um, ministerial code of ethics. Would you consider that similar? Ministerial code of ethics. Yeah, I mean, obviously I know it's specific more so to to a role rather than personally as a follower of Jesus. But So, like, I have a, a ministerial code of ethics that I've written, but they're mostly because I'm a follower of Jesus, not just because I'm, yeah. you know. Is this just for ministry? Yes, but I would say, like, I have like a responsibility to myself, responsibility mm-hmm. to my family, uh, then to the church and then to accountability. So yeah. there's personal stuff. But... I mean, I would say that these things work for me no matter what, if I'm in ministry, yeah. quote unquote, or not. Yeah. I'm just curious because I've written out this, but as I was going to answer and say, like, as far as actually writing out, no. Uh, I definitely try to live. There There are things like uh, integrity, character, and um, like compassion are probably just top three general. But integrity, character, and compassion are, are probably what fuel mm-hmm. the majority of my sure. of my decision making or how yeah. I operate. I think yeah, as long as as long as you're living by a set of values and disciplines that are going to help us to walk in a way that's worthy of Christ and His kingdom, for sure. I mean, it's it's why it is it is why Liz and I parent the way we do. Are we perfect at it? Goodness no, um, but we do have standards. Um, it's, it's, it's why we do ministry the way we do. Um, it's, it's why I value certain things above other things. Um, because again, at the end of the day, no matter what, I will never leave the church, no matter how ugly she can be. I'll never leave it because it's God's plan A and there is no plan B. So why would I leave it? Yeah. She's going to hurt people. Do you know why she's going to hurt people? Because it's people. (laughs) <laughs> and we sin. So, but I have to be willing to do what Jesus says, always forgive. I don't need to forget. Lord forgets. Uh, but we have to keep boundaries and things like that. But at the same time, I am to always forgive. So, it, it's just it's just hard to convince people who don't see Jesus or the scriptures as authority of this kind of living the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. It's easier to reflect than it is to... Mm-hmm. Well, I would argue set. also that, man, it's kind of like the classic quote, if you if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. You'll fall for everything. But, yeah. dude, you're thermostatting for something. 
Yeah. I mean, you are. You're, you, like, you, you're a thermometer. I guess, I guess that's really your th- a thermometer. But there is something at some point in your life yeah. that you are willing to take a stand on. Yeah. It, there is. Like, every single person has Everybody at least has one thing yep. where you're going to take a stand. And so I guess the, the, what I would say is, man, if you're going to stand for but something. what's it built on? Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to stand for something, man. Which is also why it's important to understand if we're thermostats, then you have to ask the next question is, do uh, is, it, is it about me or is it about Jesus? So that and then that's where you want to be a thermometer because my goal is to reflect Christ, not the culture. So, but it, but that I have to still be a thermostat in my own faith. And when it comes to that, like I have to stand for this is what Scripture says. And again, we all believe we're right about everything. So yeah. that's why we have to hold on to Scripture and realize, man, I'm not, maybe I'm not right about this. Yeah, um, and that's okay. That's humility. Um. And it's funny, too, because we've talked about this, but that tribes, every Christian tribe believes that they're right. Mm-hmm. 100%. Not, that's not even limited to Christians. Yeah. Everybody just thinks they're right. Yeah, everybody <laughs> thinks they're right. <laughs> so, so in order to, to and as Christians, like as long as we hold to the fact that I'm a sinner, um, uh, we need a Savior, Jesus is that Savior, He died for my sins, He rose again, and I have to confess that He is Savior and Lord... And that's what makes me saved, and then live that out. Great. Everything else is secondary. Yeah. So that's that's the keys to realizing. Um, okay, we're on the same we're on the same place, and then so after that, then it's then it's really just dependent upon the Lord. Of just kind of, <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? In His own loving way, discipline us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get out of line. Um, you know, not putting each other down because we have a different view of, say, um, spiritual gifts or the type of sociology, you know, salvation, things like that. As long as if we all believe the same thing as salvation, okay, let's let's hold on to that and and uh, let's find a way to work together mm-hmm. because we're going to be together for all eternity. Yeah, and you're wrong a little bit, I'm wrong a little bit. How much is that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, gonna look at Jesus. We're gonna be looking at Jesus right next to each other and be yeah. like, "Oh, dude." So there's a part. <laughs> there's a part where you, we still have to be able to say that I have to. I have to reflect Christ and stand for the convictions of His Word. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it's it's one of those where values help that. If you write a set of values, set them down as a family and as as a person, and you live by those values, which is what we're trying to do here at Avenue with the five. Uh, the five values we have, which is a part of our classes, because they're brand new. Um, uh, we want to make sure that people are connected with that, and we live those out. So, and if you want to adopt those as a, as personal, you know, personally, or if you want to adopt those as a family, then do it. Um, but I think values, disciplines help us that in the midst of people and crowds, um, friendships, you know, your marriage. Uh, parenting uh, teams that just because everybody does this doesn't mean you have to. Well, why is that? Because you have a set of values. Right. And you live by those values. And value number one, abide in Christ. Mm. Mm-hmm. Number two, love one another. <laughs> you know, like just, that's it. No. Hold on to those values. It pretty much trickles down from there. Yep. I mean, that's why Jesus, I mean, that's why Jesus, he made it more simple. He's like, okay, you guys couldn't do these 600 
all right, you're going to do these 10. Yeah. And then, all right, you're going to do these yeah. two. If you do these mm-hmm. two and X them all out. Yeah. 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 It's almost like, you know, even if, you, like me, I've never sat down and written out, you know, a code of values or, um, you know, values for myself or I've had to do the code of ethics thing, like you said, but that was for leadership focus. Um, but it's like, by default, we all already have 10 and it's the 10 commandments. I mean, I, like if you don't know where to start, make those your values because it's great things to follow anyway you're supposed yeah. to, yep. you know, and then you might find out that like um, there's stuff in there that just of those 10 that you're not doing well yeah. and then go from there and, you know, have someone walk alongside with just, you or talk about your marriage like you were saying, you know. Yeah. Just write down all the Levitical laws as your code of values. Oh. You're like, okay, I have 613 values. Oh, my goodness. Don't do that. At the Pharisees. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, that's good. I think uh, next week we're going to dig into um, uh, what is called the Geigo principle. The Geigo. Geigo. Geigo principle. Interesting. Okay. So, anyways, the, the title of the, the message is Personal Compu- Computer. Mm. Yeah, PC. I, I do like PC. my uh, my non PC PC. Uh, <laughs> gotta have okay, Apple. cool, everybody. Well, we hope that you guys got something out of this episode, episode forty four. Be on the row, fifty four. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're super excited to continue with the sermon series, and we're super excited for all the events that we shared earlier in this episode between the father daughter dance and all of these fun new Avenue Pathway Sundays that are going to be coming up for you guys. Um, so we yes. hope that you guys have a great week. Abe, you have anything else to sign off with? Uh, love God. <laughs> love people. <laughs> Praise Jesus. There you go. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Okay, cool. We need that All right. We hope that you guys have a blessed week, and we thank you for turning, tuning in on Beyond the Row.